Hello. Hi, babies. We're back. Um, this is Aroncito, and I'm here with the one and only... Baby. Jamie. Jamie. Um, And we came to torture you some more with some Oscars discourse. Okay, so fun fact. We had, like, something else completely planned um, for this month. However... For the first time in so long, people give a fuck about the Oscars yeah, <laughs> because yeah. there is now a new scandal. And I was saying this like last time that I kind of miss these salacious moments when like award shows used to have these gags. You know, I went on about the the Moonlight La La Land scandal. Yeah. And so it's just great that we're back, baby. You're <laughs> back. So they're just giving us like all these celebrity fails, basically. But this one, this one's pretty, this one's pretty big. I don't know. What do you think? This, one, this one's pretty juicy. And um, I was talking with a friend and we were saying that the Oscars would not have even been trending if this had not happened. Exactly. Like it really was a very boring and very like to the point kind of night until that happened. Yeah. So that was, it was, it was interesting. Um, There's been a lot of think pieces. So I'm hoping that we can kind of like discuss the think pieces as well, because I think that even that culture of like, something happening and then the internet having like a yeah. lot to say about it is um is new and important i think it's like a like a i don't know what do you think what do you well, think it that shapes is? it shapes the truth right the discourse begins to shape like the the actuality the reality of it all um also if you're living under a cock um, what we're talking about is will smith slap to chris rock's face um right before he won best actor so right and that was the other thing like uh yeah. like destiny's mom was saying like he must not have thought that he was gonna win like he must have thought like i'm not even gonna win let me go like yeah slap some bitches around no i really feel like won. something took over like he was possessed by some like demon energy but that yeah. came from within him you know there's like some there's some work that needs to be done there but no, what you were saying, like, you know, about the narratives taking over, um, I read this interesting take that this, this drama kind of unfolds as a Rorschach test. So basically, it's whatever you see from it is, doesn't matter if it's valid or not valid, because there's so many approaches to it. But what matters is it tells us about who you are, what your morals are, your perspective on it, you know, what what you believe in. Um, and so it's actually just a way to stir up the spectator's viewpoint, you know, their moral viewpoint, if you will, their compass. Um, so for that reason, I love it. <laughs> I'm like Absolutely. so happy it happened. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's it's one of those moments that everybody has an opinion on. And then yeah, it kind of does show your your ethics. Um, so yeah. the first thing that I want to talk about it is that I brought it up with my students. So I teach oh. seventh grade English and I'm history. Bold. 
Um, and usually in history, I like to bring up current events. It's important, you know, to go back and forth between past events and current events. So I brought it up. We were going to talk about it. And this is how, this is how fucked up these kids are. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know if we're swearing or not, but this is how we are. Is. Don't worry. We are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, they, some of the kids were like, miss, it wasn't even that hard of a slap. And I was like, you have clearly never been bitch slapped before. And I'm glad. Yeah. But, yeah. but the fact that these kids are so like confrontational and they live inside TikTok and they live inside those types of moments yeah. all the yeah. time is their content. Um, they really didn't like, they didn't understand the significance of the Oscars. They didn't understand the significance of these two um, like black men and the respectability politics that go behind it. They were just like, oh, it wasn't even that hard. We don't even know what, what that big of a deal because it wasn't like nobody was bleeding or something. They just, they didn't think it was that yeah. big of a deal. Well, the way like, that Chris just ate it, he ate that slap. Like Will had good form. Like I pressed A, B and like there was a slap. They felt like fucking video game characters. And Chris Rock just like eats it. And I love that people were like confused if it was real or not. And I was like, okay, the aftermath, right. Like it was such a peculiar interaction, but the aftermath I think goes to show that like the way he was yelling back um, later on when he accepted the, the award, like there was, there was a lot of realness in, in that moment. Um, but was it warranted? I don't know. I mean, my thing is like, if you're gonna be offensive and make a physical appearance joke, for me, that's like such low level humor to just go for someone's looks. Like that's, it's not even a clever joke, you know? Like if you're gonna like really try to push buttons, like at least have a clever fucking joke. Um, so I thought it was like, yeah, it was just purely offensive without being creative at all. Um, so maybe that's why Will got up and slapped them. He was like, that's not funny. Boom. <laughs> but that's the other thing is like, why? Okay, so why is is comparing her to G.I. Jane a negative thing? That's a take that I haven't heard. Like, why, like, why do we immediately say, I understand that like Jada has alopecia and you don't talk about a black woman's hair and you also, Chris Rock made a whole documentary on black women hair. So like, what do you even, like what, but- but no gig is a great was, movie like demi Moore kills it like true i would be honored positive be, nod. yeah <laughs> it could have been a positive nod to her hair and will smith flipped out i mean like everybody's taking it as if it was offensive and you know chris rock is a, a, an offensive comic like he right. he likes to push buttons um not as much as like Dave Chappelle, but whatever, you know, yeah, it could have been, it could have been seen as a positive nod and it just, everybody is, is only seeing it as like a negative insult. And it could have been like, you look like, I love that hair. Like I can't wait for GI Jane. Right. I think it has something to do with like the defeminization of her that like was, I guess, a triggering aspect of GI Jane. It's like, we still kind of like to consider women in a certain way. So even though that's a great movie, it's a great reference, that's still a moment where like people were shocked. What, a bald woman? So it still has these undertones of being kind of something undesirable. Um, yeah. Also there's like 
quite a bit of like backstory to this. So one being that Chris Rock has made fun of Jada Pinkett before at the Oscars, like during Oscars boycott or like the Oscars So White, you know, Jada Pinkett started that. That was like her, she birthed that movement. And so then Chris Rock was hosting that year, I think. And he made a joke saying like, oh, Jada not being invited to the Oscars is like me not being invited to Rihanna's panties. You weren't invited. And that's not even a good joke, Chris Rock. Like what? He might just be a bad comedian, but he's making it seem like, I don't know, he targets her. And then he was making, like she did this great movement for Oscar's so white, you know? And it really did change the game. And he's making fun of her being like, oh, you weren't even invited. Like your boycott means nothing. And obviously it meant a lot. So I don't know, in a way he's not only like tasteless, he's kind of, he's kind of tone deaf for like, you know, what's going on in the world. And she has alopecia, like she's like viral talking about it. And like, it is a time of empathizing with these things. Like, I mean, right after the Dave Chappelle being like an insensitive comic thing kind of blew up, he's still gonna go that route. Um, So that's one aspect. It seems like he's kind of like bullying her. Um, Oh, you wanted to see the cat? Hi, Misha. Look at how beautiful she is. Hi, Hemi. We have this like love-hate thing going on. It's very interesting. Like she will, she loves to sleep in my bed, but won't lay on my lap. Anyway, um, the other thing is Jada um, cheated on Will. Do you remember when this came on or came out like a, a couple years ago or something? And so her whole excuse was like, well, if he loved me enough, he would have noticed. And I did it because he was just not showing up enough in my life. And like, they got over it or whatever. But like, in a way, it became like, it was Will Smith's fault that she cheated, which, okay, whatever. Um, And so there's this moment where- I thought they were open. Right. The Smith family, they're like into this new age shit. So like maybe that does track. But if you notice after the joke, Will Smith is laughing, right? And then there's this moment where she like is rolling her eyes and she looks at him. And then it's almost like it triggers something in him where it's like, oh my God, like if I don't stand up for her in the most aggressive way then I'm gonna be cheated on again so it had to do with like their own relational you know relationship dynamics um that they haven't sorted I'm like go to therapy like the stage of the Oscars is not your therapy honey like and so it does seem like he was trying to prove something um to her to start and then later it became him proving it to himself it like quickly transmuted into it being the Will Smith show that's what happens when you when you do that kind of stuff is instead of defending the woman or the person whose feelings are hurt, you make it about you you take that you take it away from them. And so now nobody's even checking to see if Jada is okay or yeah. like how that joke affected her, what yeah. we could do for her. It just completely negated the entire purpose of def- like coming to her defense. If it's true that she's blaming him for her affair, if that's the narrative that she's yeah, coming up with, that's, that's like toxic. real manipulative. Yeah. You're, an, you're an insane person. Yeah, it's it gets down to that. And like his acceptance speech to Will Smith, he like very specifically did not apologize to Chris. 
He apologizes to the Academy for his award, to the Williams family. And then he goes on this rant about how he is a vessel of love and protection and love will make you do crazy things. And he's like, I just love everyone so much. That's why I'm slapping niggas. Like, what? It was an uncomfortable speech. We all forget that actors are actually crazy people. Yeah. Every single actor, because the, the discipline that you They're have to, queen. to to understand um, human nature enough to portray it naturally, like it looks natural. Yeah, you're a crazy person. You're an absolute crazy person. Right, um, but requires okay. a degree of psychopathy, you know? Like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to do that it well, is, at least. There's so much awareness that you have to be of of human nature. And that yeah. is like, yeah, sociopathic. Right. But I have, so I have a question. So what do you think about the narrative that is that like white people aren't allowed to have an opinion about this? So all the like black activists and like black bloggers and just like black Twitter has kind of come out and said like, this is like, this is not something that y'all can have an opinion about. So like, keep our names out of your mouth because this is like something that we need to figure out in our community or there, there's like a couple of reasons that they were saying that this is like not a white people opinion thing. So I wanna hear you mm -hmm. as a black person, like what, what you think about that. I don't know it's giving like gatekeeping violence where like first of all I'm not going to tell anyone like to not have an opinion one like your opinion will might be wrong and I want the opportunity to tell you that so have it <laughs> but I think in this situation like the race relations are not the dominant theme they might be like heavily prevalent but I think you know it has to do a little bit more with toxic masculinity and sort of like what it means to be in a relationship and how do you go about defending uh, someone's honor, <laughs> um, which it I don't think it was that. But I think that is for me, the main takeaway. I think when you look closer at it, uh, when you magnify it, yeah, there are definite, there are definite race relations there at play. Um, because there's this idea that you can only act a certain way as a black person in a, a prestigious events, you know? And that's what Chris Rock was doing. And then you look at Will Smith, who it does have a lot of prestige, but like tapped into this kind of, some might say like barbaric um, emotional behavior that, that harkens back to what black people were seen as so it's almost like, is he allowed to do that? Or does he have to just fit the script of being the, you know, the house Negro? So like, yeah. I don't know, like, I think, yeah, a closer look at it, like definitely reveals all of that. Um, but I don't think it's on the shoulders of Chris Rock to be like, I need to maintain the, the formal black guy, you know? I almost wish he would have done a little more to react, like. Right honestly. And then Will Smith also like doesn't need to, nor did he um, subscribe to that kind of forcibly subservient role of saying the right thing and doing the right thing if you're having like 
a moment, you know, like I, I for one know that like I've had like bad emotional responses to shit that like pissed me off. Um, however, I, <laughs> it would be about me directly. It would be like literally towards my face. And then I'll be like, okay, let's, let's throw hands. But <laughs> um, I think this was like a very, there's a power dynamic here too. Like, obviously he knows this is broadcasted. Like he can do one jarring move, but there's not going to be a big backlash because don't forget we're on TV. It's almost like he understood that dynamic. He was like, playing with Chris Rock's, um, his attachment to being a, a rich and famous Black on TV. So Will was like, well, I'm about to win an award, so I can break that mold. Can you? And the way he walks away from him with such swag and confidence, like he knew he was not going to come for him behind his back because he's like, we're on TV. Like, take it and shut up. <laughs> so he was playing a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I yeah, I I didn't even really think about that part of it is that um like for me again because I know actors because I am an actor because I that's the world that I've grown up in like Will Smith knew what he was doing. I think earlier we said like it something came over him like the devil possessed him but like that's the character he's playing on TV is like Will Smith being possessed by the devil to snap but you're he he actors have a 100% control over themselves really good really disciplined actors have 100% of control of themselves in um social situations as well so that's why when actors get drunk they're like real fun but because <laughs> they finally are like I'm right they're like my kid is alive (laughs) that level of discipline and understanding the human the human he knew what he was doing and I think that you're absolutely right I think that he um it was a it was a it was a performance it was very much a performance it was produced and orchestrated the director was his like hurt emotions like he's actually like yeah and that was directing the show but he was also being like producer, actor, editor. So like, I kind of love that in these moments of hyper vanity, we kind of touched on this last time and um, just like worshiping these people, you know, they're so rich, they're so famous, like they're untouchable. I kind of like when there's hosts that just bring them down a bit, like let's make fun of them. Let's bully them a little bit. They're about to, you know, be the most powerful people on earth for a hot second. Like, so I'm kind of into kind of these, the, all the shade that like the hosts will throw, you know? And you look at Amy Schumer, who is like also hosting, who again, is not as funny as she thinks she is, but she was- Why being, is she even like, relevant? <laughs> right, why is she in this? Uh, no, but she was being pretty offensive. She was throwing some jabs and I was like, okay, you kind of know when you sign up, like, you're going to be made fun of. It comes with the territory. Yeah. You're so fucking rich. Like you're, we're going to make fun of how you look. Like that's the least you can do. So don't go, like, don't sign up for an event like that. You know, I don't know. That's my thing. And then it gets into like, yes, it is a sensitive topic for her, you know, and she's owning it, you know, and that's amazing, but it's not like he's outing her for having alopecia you know she talks about it all the time and like she's also really fucking filthy rich so it's hard for me to sympathize with like oh your feelings are hurt 
you know, I can't do that with powerful people. It's like, that hasn't, that obviously has not prevented you from dominating society in a certain way. So like, I, it's hard for me to find sympathy for the fact that, oh, you, you got bullied a little bit on live TV. Like, no, sorry. Like, maybe this is a hot take. I didn't know I had, but I think Jada and Will should get the fuck over it. I, I I absolutely agree with you. I think that celebrity culture is is really a wild thing. Like celebrity culture, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, and I also just think, again, the fact that everything is recorded and like we're on our phones, I think that really does relate to what you were saying where he like record, he, he directed it. It was planned in his head. Like it was, it was a movie moment and, um, and it was happening in real time. So it was actually really, it was really interesting that like the world saw it happen in real time. Um, and, and I think that you're absolutely right in that these, these celebrities are, they're real people, like they're real humans. Um, and, uh, but, but, but the amount of money and the amount of fame has like, like fundamentally changed their brain right. chemistry. That's, right. that's really what it is. Yeah. There were a lot of cute moments too. I think it's a, a good time to talk about Gaga and Liza. And because... that was a moment. Tell me about it. Because that, okay. So for me, the Gaga and Liza moment was the exact opposite of it like the the Chris Rock Will Smith moment yes. because you're absolutely right when we see these celebrities that like fly too close to the sun and then they get torn down we're like mm, 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 mm. like we're so excited about it yeah. and we forget that this all started because we love art and we love talent and Gaga and Liza just like brought that back they're like the epitome of talent and just the epitome of art and the epitome of us loving celebrities because of the art that they bring us yeah um and also like paying homage to you know where you came from like Liza Minnelli like has such an influence on so many queer people so many cabaret musicians like Gaga and so it's nice to see her acknowledge that like of course I'm going to protect you like I'm here because of you you know, so I know, I like almost oh turned off. <laughs> so what happens is, you know, Liza is getting pretty old and she's like struggling, but she's still, you know, doing her celebrity rounds, like doing it for, for the kids. And they're giving a speech and Liza's fumbling. She like can't get the words out. And so Gaga kind of gracefully steps in and instead of like letting her sort of like embarrass herself or whatever, she's like, okay, let me sort of just finish the line. And then this is what I think is super cute too and the opposite of the other moment. It's like the cameras go off, you know? It just so happened that the mics were still connected. So this was a moment that they weren't doing for TV. It actually was not orchestrated or produced. It was so like dripping in authenticity where she says, I got you to Liza. And Liza goes, I know. And like in that moment, Liza's like super coherent. She's on it because she just wants to be with a friend, you know? It was the fact that she's like, nervous on stage in her situation but I thought it was so cute that it was like I love that it was off camera kind of you know even though they're like they're presenting they tried to keep it like this private moment um and and the other way Will Smith was like I know this is public I'm gonna use this you know like 
it's a lot, but yeah, that, I mean, that, that again, that homage, there's a couple things. So the fact that like people like Tony Bennett and Liza Minnelli calling her like, I know baby, like that was just so sweet because for, for me, the fact that these older legends recognize who Lady Gaga is and how talented she is, is extremely validating to all of us who have been loving and being obsessed with Gaga since um, Just Dance with her like busted wig. Like yes, we all so busted and good. <laughs> It wasn't just uh, it wasn't just smoke and mirrors. Like Gaga used uh, pop music to become a le- like a legend, and so the fact that Tony Bennett like scoped her out and like chose her to do like back a couple years ago, he he had an eye on her. Yeah. Everybody just knows that she is like she's she's legendary, and it is because she's talented. So that Liza moment, Liza being like, "You are my baby," it was like. Oh my God, yes. No, so cute. Also like Lady Gaga was not nominated for House of Gucci. And so she still stole the show in some way. Like, love you, Steph. Uh, also her album with Tony Bennett is up for many Grammys. Like I was just reading like all the nominations. I'm, I'm an award show hoe now, but I need to listen to it. I was like, I know they did one before that was like really good, but I didn't know there's like a new one. Good for them. There's a new one. There's uh, his last performance. They recorded it together and he is, he has um, Alzheimer's. So he's forgetting, he forgets things. And Lady Gaga had said that, you know, during that performance, it was at Radio City. He was like, he, he, he comes completely cognitive when he's performing so everything the lyrics the songs everything like comes right back to him and he's like 20s you know in his 20s I hope I have like that thing in my life later that brings me back you know yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) games for you (laughs) yeah like obscure memes I don't know (laughs) like I'm here now here I'm I'm alive alive uh so so I guess like I I watched one interview with Lady Gaga and she's like Tony Bennett hadn't said my name he he knows who she is but he hadn't said Lady Gaga until they were performing and she comes out and he goes Lady Gaga and she was like oh my heart I love again she is a treasure she is just like a a a human treasure yeah Um, but also knows how to insult people in a classy way so that exchange with Caitlyn Jenner like don't get me started on how fierce that was like Lady Gaga actually stole the Oscars while being snubbed but Caitlyn comes up to her and she's trying to pretend that they're besties. Like, I can't imagine like, what their other interactions had been like for Lady Gaga to have been that flustered and rude. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering yeah. what the Starbucks interactions actually were like. Like, it's where... almost like drop in if this has happened to you. Like, how many times where you're like, oh, cute, you think you know me? Or like, maybe yeah. the other way around. Like, I'm not always wanting to be known, but. You know, where someone is trying to be like, hey, miss you. Like, let's go get coffee. And you're like, oh, I'm dead. Did I not tell you? (laughs) (laughs) I died. 
I switched baristas. Like, what a legendary comment. And the way she does it with such, like, smoothness and clarity. She had the exact sort of body language and tone where Caitlin got the memo. And I love that for queers, too, because it's like, you don't have to get along with, like, all the other gays, you know? Just be like, listen, you do your thing over there, I'm gonna do mine. Like... <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner is proof that some queers are terrible humans and the other thing is that we can still respect her pronouns and respect her transition while thinking she's like a trash person oh no she's a woman but like she's a shitty woman terrible she's like a terrible like everyone's republican mom like you like you have to hate her and you love to hate her but you're gonna hate her like yeah 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 it's fun it's a fun we're in a weird time (laughs) weird 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 time okay i do before we go into musical theater we have to talk about my musical theater crush which is andrew garfield like i don't know he is like he's a bisexual like fantasy he really is um and i just like seeing him in like interviews and all these roles like I feel like he really like taps into them. Um, He really delivered on Tick, Tick, Boom. Like I didn't even like the movie, but I knew that he did a good job. (laughs) I was like, I I was like, I don't even think I can finish this, but like, I just like to watch Andrew. (laughs) He he was so good in Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom has a whole history. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom was written by Jonathan Larson before Brent and before he died, but it never was produced. It was like half finished. They completed it after he died. um, And it was... um, it was like, it's a three person show. And it, it was that thing when he's performing like that, like on stage, like that was tick, tick, boom. Like that was how it was um, yeah. in person. So they made it into this like beautiful narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lin-Manuel direction was absolutely wonderful. I am not a huge Lin-Manuel fan. You hate him. Or- you love to hate him. <laughs> you love to hate him. How about that? Yeah, that's it. It's because yeah. <laughs> I, I also respect what he is bringing to our community as me as the, like a musical theater. Um, yeah. he is an extremely important person in the musical theater community yeah. right now. So I need to love him, but um, he's so annoying. <laughs> He's so annoying, but like, we all know, like we all, cause we all have known him in person. Like he is a very real, uh, uh, like stereotype in the musical theater community. Like you always have that guy in your, in your company or like, He's in like your... dripping in pretension and it's like, yeah. ugh, get over it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy this, but begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah. And you're really talented. And like, I'm really enjoying your art, but like, I don't like going to parties with you because you just are like, you think that you're God's gift to like humanity. Yeah, you won't um, shut up about your next project. Like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited for that project, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna consume it. However, shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> so, so Tick, Tick, Boom, Tick, Tick, Boom was really, really beautifully done. Um, and they really captured Jonathan Larson and they, they, they captured it really very well. And it just, what it, for me, it breaks my heart because Jonathan Larson died, um, right, like, right, like, like as rent was opening, it was like opening night and, um, in musical theater, you don't get a lot of Jonathan Larson's. You don't get a lot of Lynn Manuel's. You don't get a lot of Stephen Sondheim's. Um, and Stephen Sondheim also recently passed away. And so it feels like we 
just because there are no, there's no investment in money and the arts, like the art of composition, which takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of focus and you have to learn every instrument. Like it's just, there's a lot that goes into composing mm -hmm. something as, as elaborate as a musical. So yeah. nobody is, is, is doing that. And so Lynn is the only one we have. We no, could have had like, hard. like the choreography has to be on point, like your vocal range, like you're in and out of costumes. Like you have to kind of <clears throat> pay attention to the audience, but not too much. Like, yeah. Sorry. My voice did a weird thing. Um, you know, what else is a work of art? <laughs> the last Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. I didn't see it. I oh. didn't see it. Okay. So Andrew Garfield gives good spidey but what's your what's your fuck mary kill the three spider-men ready go first of all i love calling it spider-man because it's like it's their <laughs> the last Bearman. name yeah like hi it's i'm andrew spider-man yeah um but uh, <laughs> so the spider-man like okay so I didn't, that's the thing is I didn't see any but Toby's. So I am not good. None I of the Tom Holland's? Nope. I'm not really into that type of movie. I just, really? it's not up my alley. Okay, I would so much just visually, rather... visually fucking. Visually, it. okay. I would, um, I, I really just like Andrew Garfield because he played Jonathan Larson. Like yeah. I just- fuck and marry him and then kill, kill the other one. <laughs> like fuck that i'm like i don't like who like that's valid that's valid oh uh, yeah i would definitely marry andrew marrying andrew it's, yeah but it's like such a toss-up for me between fuck or kill toby and tom for me it's like i don't I know fucking toby. fucking toby could be good because it's kind of my teenage fantasy. Like he's yeah. kind of giving like dad bod now. And like, you know, he's kind of like, he's the, the dorkiest of them all, but like authentically like a dork. The other ones are like dork chic. It like doesn't really count, you know? <laughs> um, but I also feel like he would be like a sloppy bottom. So like, I don't know. And so with Tom is that a good thing? The, like, is that something you're looking for? It depends on the day, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Tom, I feel like he's like so cute and like charming, whatever, too, in his own way. But like he's almost too much the it boy right now, where like that kind of bothers me. It's kind of like he's in everything, he's like, has all this like public persona. It feels like too much like a persona. I feel like I'm not gonna get like a real connection with him. Yeah. Um, but then again, if we're just talking people... and he's with Zendaya, that could be a yeah. fierce threesome. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So a couple uh, things. I think that you hate when people are more popular than you. No, um, yeah, I can't stand it. I think that's what it is. You're like, I'm better than, than you. Like, like, I'm the next Spider-Man. Move over, yeah. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's my first thought. Um, Zendaya, Zendaya is like a treasure yeah, so yeah, you know yeah. she's from the bay area and i have a friend that like trained her when she was in like middle school yeah. at like california shakespeare something academy say, not an oakland know. baddie <laughs> that's that is really cool and so and yeah. so tom holland is also like trained he's like a he's like a trained ballet dancer yeah. i just that is i'm here hot. for that 
I'm yeah. here for the theater kids. Like, um, I'm here for the theater kids going into the movies because they're actually talented yeah. and Hollywood actors are historically not talented. Right, so right. That's what I'm here for. All right, fine. I'll fuck Tom for the clout and then I'll yeah, Toby. Toby. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, yeah, Toby <laughs> sounds annoying to me. His name is Toby. <laughs> His name's Toby, for God's sake. Um, Okay, so you're in New York now. Like, you I'm went to New York. York this week. How's that going? Did you miss it? Uh, I did miss it. I had a lot of fun yesterday. I, I stopped having fun today. I was like, I'm done. This is not fun anymore. Like, get yeah. me home. Um, yeah, I just, like, ended up in Herald Square because I needed some foundation or something for this wedding I'm going to. And just, yeah. like, I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> But last night, okay, so I saw Patti Lapone. It was, it was really amazing. So this musical, what's company a little bit of background of company. It is written by Stephen Sondheim. Um, he, it is a musical from the 1970s, and it is about a 35-year-old bachelor who isn't married yet, and all of his friends are married, and they like are singing at him about how he needs to get married, and it's his 35th birthday. <laughs> um, it's a really beautiful musical. I love it. Um, I didn't realize it. it was Sondheim. Sondheim in the house. Sondheim is <laughs> R.I.P. Sondheim. Yep. Um, Anyway, so, and then Patti Lapone plays um, the older woman who sings the Ladies Who Lunch. So it's the big power ballad at the end of the musical. Nice. Um, it's so amazing. I love seeing her live. She's just so incredibly talented. Um, but okay, so with this musical, they made the main character a woman for this version. Oh, so instead oh. of it being a 35-year-old bachelor, it's a 35-year-old bachelorette. And they're all like, you should get married, Bobby. And it's it's like- Wait, I love that. Not the liberals taking over. Yeah, but it it, it felt, I, I want to say- It felt um, political. It felt Spoiler okay. alert. No, it just didn't work because theater is all about that kind of stuff. But if you make something like a gender change in theater, there has to, it has to land. So, yeah. okay. So at the end of the musical, after Patty, after the Patty character, Joanne sings the ladies who lunch, she of hits on Bobby. Of course it's Joanne. Yeah, of course. Like an old lady. She has the martini glass. Her husband like goes to the bathroom. He goes to pay the check and she hits on Bobby. She asks, she goes, to, she wants to sleep with Bobby and Bobby says no. And she calls him like a coward. And it's this like really emotionally charged moment. And after that, Bobby decides he's going to get married. So in this version, we were all looking forward to her hitting on Bobby, the girl. Like, so it was, and, and I'm telling you, like, it's such a bisexual letdown because <laughs> it, it, it starts with, you can see it has this, like, um, these, uh, what are these neon lights, neon lights and it's pink and blue. So you're thinking like bisexual foreshadowing oh. and they got this bisexual lighting going on. And <laughs> on the long um, list of bisexual letdowns, this is up there. This is like the biggest one. So what I like, there is a long list of bisexual letdowns. Right. Side note. So during that moment, what the character, the Joanne character ends up doing is she offers Bobby to have sex with her husband. Oh. So instead of her being like, 
let's have sex. My husband's going to be gone tomorrow. Come over. And then he says, no. And she's like, you coward. She's she like, fuck goes, my husband. I'm into voyeurism. Baby, let's go. <laughs> fuck my husband. She made the, it, it was almost like the character. <laughs> it was almost as the character was like, yeah, feeling bad about herself. She like brought, she brought something new to the character. It was very weird. Wow. Bisexual yeah. letdown. But how was it like theater wise? Like, did it deliver? Yeah, theater wise, it was a beautiful, beautiful piece of art. And um, Patty, I mean, she just brings so much to the stage. And um, there's just something about live audiences. I mean, when you're performing and it was a, it was kind of a small theater. So I was on the mezzanine, but you still felt really close. Like it was just everyone, everyone was so excited to be back because it was Broadway. And again, Patty, Patty being on stage brings so much joy to the entire cast. Like everybody's having such a good time. And um, the the original, the or the main woman playing Bobby was out. So I saw her understudy. It's usually a white girl playing it. And it was a black girl on the understudy. So that nice. was really nice because um, I heard that she like sings the songs like better. Well, well, I heard that the the uh, main girl like maybe isn't hitting the notes as much or something. I don't know. Musical yeah. theater people have a lot of opinions. Um, <laughs> but this woman was a beautiful singer. So I'm I'm happy that it's one of those instances that I'm really excited. I saw the understudy because I thought it was like the black girl did it. She made it. Like well, I'm so and proud of her. Think about Ariana Debussy, what's her name? Sorry. Debussy? It's definitely Debussy. <laughs> Debussy. Hey. That Bussy's on fire. Um, the way that she was not only nominated and won as a queer person of color, a uh, fucking Oscar, the main character, that white woman, was not only nominated or not only not nominated, but not invited to the Oscars. You know that schedule? She wasn't even invited? She begged to be invited. Like, there was like a campaign on TikTok to get her invited. And then she ends up giving like, I don't know, a, an award, but like was originally not invited and she like cried about it. And I'm like, girl, you weren't hitting those notes. I don't know what to tell you. Ariana over here though, is about to steal the show. Like That is so funny. Well, because so Maria is such a, like a throat, like no, like nobody cares about Maria. Like, it's just, she's just like, you see, like, and Maria's like, just Maria! there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need to see, yeah. I need to see West Side because I was, I don't know, I wasn't like completely sold on it. I feel like it's very hard to get me into a movie musical. You know, I'd rather just see the musical because I feel like there's such, sometimes can be conflicting elements. But the fact that I was going on and on about like, oh, Kristen Stewart might win, like, you know, the first queer person to win a fucking Oscar. It was actually Ariana, like, yeah. first brown queer person yep. to win the fucking Oscar. So, like, that's hot. Like, I'm here for that. Also, yeah, she's hot. <laughs> she, yeah, she's beautiful. And she her is- dress, Her dress, too, it was it was giving titty. She's like, I'm going to give a little titty. <laughs> a little titty. Womp, womp. So, so Anita- the I love the Jocelyn Fox reference. Womp, womp. 
we're gonna have to do a drag race episode like soon because i have some opinions on that but have you seen um the original west side story with Boy? did i see it with okay. you in the park we went to the brooklyn and we were like having a great time people kept shushing us i was like not you shushing me also like i went to see the batman like whatever somewhat recently with my queer friend and we were just like having some exchanges and like these straight guys were like like aggressively shushing us and then like (laughs) there was one scene where like I don't know he blew up a bank and then he goes oh my god like losing his shit all loud and it's like yeah this is a movie like explosions happen I was like not you like getting wet over an explosion and we're over here like analyzing the character depth and I'm like, you're gonna push <laughs> me, like motherfucker. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, no, gay people are way much more enjoyable to go to movies with. Cause right. we like, I, I like, I went and saw Cats in the theaters in in New York, like downtown, and ever like it was just so much fun. It yeah. was just like yeah. everybody was kikiing. Like it's just, and that's the thing. If you are shushing us during West Side Story, you haven't seen West Side Story before, or like a million times enough to like know what's happening and kiki with your friends like just go watch it at home so you can pay attention right. i was like you're taking this way too seriously we're in a giant park like the screen is way over there like we're kicking and smoking weed we're Shut up. smoking so much weed like of course we're like chattery like be normal goodbye yeah <laughs> the original anita uh rita moreno also won for best supporting actress for oh, Anita and I love that um, parallel. Yeah. The it's universe cute, is right? universing. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Anita is just always like I I would always rather play an Anita than a Maria. Like the side character, the side sassy, the Rizzo is just like so much more fun than the Sandy. Of course. Um I'm uh-huh. a I'm a I'm a queen for a Rizzo or Rizzo. A Lizzo? Oh, Lizzo Queen. <laughs> See, that edible is kicking in. <laughs> you warned me. You warned me. Thank I you. was like, in about an hour in, like, I'm going to get really silly. I'm like, st- like I guess I'm going to stop making sense at this point. <laughs> oh, you think you were making sense in the beginning? Was I? <laughs> I always think I'm making sense. I was like, does that make sense? People are like, You're cute. Um, You're adorable. Do you think musical theater is inherently queer? Yes. Yes. Why? Not even a question. Yes. It is, it is, it is queer in all the ways that you can think of that word. Remember our first episode, we were talking about totally. like the different the different versions of queer and it's it is it is queer in that it, it is like a quirky art and then within the theater the your job is to queer theater like so so um a lot of theater is uh the play will be written um it's a lot of like i though i, I guess the word would be hermeneutics so you take the um original uh the original document which is the script i actually got a copy look how cute this is i got a copy of the company script um at the little i love that you're always like educating us you always have like a new like term of the month (laughs) like so cool so what's hermeneutics so hermeneutics is when you take the original document and then you like interpret it and then you try and um you try and figure out how it it applies to a the, the current times. 
So, so people do it with the Bible, like that, that is what the theologians do that. It, yeah. It's just, it, it, it's, it's a, it's like a disciplined study of like a, a original document. Like trying um, to so maintain the theme, but like almost in an anachronistic way, applying it to modern culture. Yes. Okay. Understanding how it it makes sense through this new culture because it was written at a different time. Right. How um, it applies to the times. I like that. Yeah. And so so as a as a as a theater, your job is to take these original. If you're redoing, if you're doing a new show, your job is still the same. You're you're create you're taking the playwrights words and you're bringing them to life and you are the vessel through which the playwrights words come through yeah. um and the playwright really doesn't get enough um credit. like i don't know maybe they do they, they they get more credit than i'm thinking um i think they get credit within the community i don't think they get external credit people yeah. like love to worship the actors and like yeah. maybe like maybe even the director too but like it really comes down to like what story is being written for them to perform so yeah i, I can see that so, so in theater, again, you're, you're constantly taking an old, an old performance, an old yeah. script, and you're bringing new things to it. They do it with right. Shakespeare a lot. You're um, hearing it in that traditional sense yeah. of like, we're, we're going to mix it up a little bit and see what concoction we come up with. It's alchemy in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a meme. It's a meme in the sense that it is like uh, information that is like virally changing with each rendition. Yeah. So something like the West Side Story movie, it was a musical first, but the the musical it was a it was a stage production first, and then the movie comes out. But the movie was so iconic that that is more I guess like headcanon than the mm. original. So things like um, uh, it, the song America is supposed to be sung amongst all the women on stage, but they made it in the movie The um, boys and girls are like arguing with each other. And it's just so cute. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. It, and it's like, and then you see cool. like a stage production and you're like, oh, like you're a little disappointed because yeah. the movie yeah. just made that so much more iconic. Um, and well, so that cool. is like, you have to take like liberties, you know, with musical theater, if you're coming from like, a lot of it is, I mean, even the most famous ones are quite old, you know, but they're taking these like new takes on it. And I feel like that essence of taking personal liberty is kind of a queer thing, you know, it's like reshaping yeah. what we thought we knew yeah. about whatever gender, fashion, music, and like making it apply to sort of my individualized sense of self. So yeah. I can see how that kind of would translate into um, the musical theater context in general. Right. And so that's why, again, like to, to, to change the character of Bobby to be a woman and then take out the plot line where Joanne yeah, hits on her, what, like you're just queer, you're, you're queering it for no reason. You're switching these genders around like for no reason. They, they really just, they, they missed the mark with that. So hmm. So in that sense, and then the fact that, you know, queers are, queers run musical theater and queers love musical theater. And when Georges on the last episode of RuPaul's Drag Race was like, I hate musical theater queens. I was like, oh my God, the way so I thought about you, the way I thought specifically about you. And I was like, this is so funny. Oh my God. 
She really came for you. She really yeah. came for you. Um, how did you feel about that? Theater, musical theater queens are a lot. And I, 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 in a lot of ways, agree with George's. <laughs> it's really funny. Because, because it also just shows what drag has become and evolved into, like, because drag and musical theater used to just kind of like be best friends, go hand in hand. And now because of drag race, drag has become a whole brand new, beautiful art form that is kind of stands alone. It's not really an extension of other art forms it really is just like a own thing so that's kind of neat yeah no that's interesting but also like if we look into even the word drag right like wasn't it used by Shakespeare to be like I think that's a myth I think that's like a like a gay myth (laughs) (laughs) if I recall that like applies that like what does it mean like dude dress uh what is it dress it's a girl dress regarding as a gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it's such a myth that i don't even remember what it is but it doesn't right it's not even obviously there wait okay what is drag a good acronym for let's see dudes i want to say regards because i got like get my regards to broadway it's like in my head now so that word is coming but dumpy rears Aaron Ganders. Aaron Ganders. <laughs> it sounds like a drag name. That's a drag name. <laughs> it does. Aaron Ganders. Is that my new drag name? I want my drag to be Miss Andre, so it'll be Miss Andre. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. That. <laughs> that's I kind of want mine to be Holly Peno. I feel like kind of like get into my Mexican roots, but I'm surprised it doesn't already exist. Like I Googled this before, like no one has it, but I'm like, I can be Holly Peno. (laughs) I love it. You love love that. (laughs) Holly Peno is your like alternate. That's like when you get too drunk and you like sing. Oh yeah. I I get spicy. I put on JLo, like George's could never. (laughs) Holly Peno. I, that is so cute. I like it. Um, I, did I finish talking about Patty or do I just want to keep talking about her? I think you want to just keep talking about her, but I'm here to listen. Let's do it. Okay. I just, I just was so happy. Like, again, so, so that idea of being in the theater and everybody is just like feeding off of each other's energy is, um, I think really, really neat. Um, and, and just the idea that so many people love Patty, like that is why people were coming to this show. And again, yeah. like, I, I think about how it feels to um to be her and just every night eight shows a week you have an entire audience filled with queers yeah just being like yeah I mean maybe she's like really big in the musical theater community but I also feel like it's a subversive icon in a lot of ways, a subversive queer icon. Like I don't see, you know, she's not hailed immediately as the one, but like, I mean, I know that for you, but yeah, yeah, you're saying like, yeah, people will fill up this audience, not because they necessarily love company and their bisexual letdowns, but because they love Patty, you know? And so that gives, that gives, I like that. Oh, and the woman next to me was dragging her straight boyfriend for not knowing who Patty was. And she was like, um, Patty's like an icon. She was in the original cabaret. 
<laughs> and she wasn't in cabaret ever. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh Lord. I was like, what is well, happening? She's using her with Liza, no? I think so. I would do some shit like that. I would just be like, they're, they might be all the same thing, but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, as, I'm not as cultured as you, darling. <laughs> they're different old ladies. They're very <laughs> distinct old ladies. I kind of love how like these old ladies can be like such queer icons. Like they're straight, you know? But like, I love how that trickles down into like, this fandom of gays standing them, you know, like for so example, Barbara, Barbara Streisand is one of them too. Yeah, like, it's Barbara. It's it's like Glenn Close, like people like yeah, these yeah, gay yeah. men. Meryl, so what is it like? I because I'm not a gay man. I stand these women because they are like they are uh, actors. Like I yeah. I love them for their, their talent. talent. Yeah. Um, so, but what is it about their, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, the gay man obsession with, like, aging actors? I don't know. I'm not obsessed with these, with these people. Yeah, okay, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's not you. You're not that type of gay. (laughs) I am. I'm not on that level, honey. That is really funny because I don't I like it is it is a it's definitely a thing yeah no I, I see it all the time oh <laughs> like fucking queens like, shut up <laughs> very good this was lovely and to sign off um all things considered what is your biggest bisexual letdown of the last year I'll tell you mine mine is the Jonas Brothers I've been thinking a lot about how they just should have been like a gay band, especially Nick, especially Joe. Like they were, they were queer baiting, which I don't mind. I don't know. Bisexual letdown, Nick Jonas mainly. (laughs) That's really funny. They're like such typical, like um, Christian guys. And it's like, you're not gay. You're just in love with Jesus. that, Yeah, usually it goes the other way around. It's like you're hiding something about being so in love with Jesus. Like you just love men. Just admit it. That's it. it. You just love half naked men in bondage positions. Like, (laughs) like you like torture porn. Yeah, BDSM. We get it. (laughs) Um. So a bisexual letdown for myself is that I spilled wine on my jumpsuit. Um, oh. and it is a really cool jumpsuit and I'm just going to hope that I can get the, um, the wine out of it because it's my favorite bisexual jumpsuit. So jumpsuits are inherently bisexual. I was spilling the wine from, from the Patty Lapone show. Yeah. <laughs> so also spilling wine is homophobic from gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying anymore. <laughs> like, what even are words? <laughs> okay. I thought you took the edible, not me. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't. That's why I'm confused. <laughs> anyway, well, love you. I love that we're like award show connoisseurs now. I mean, I feel like we have to watch the Grammys because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be a show. All right. (laughs) You're so stupid. Okay, I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye.